Hi, my name's Kramer, and I am proud to admit that I am a mama's boy. You're not just any mama's boy. You're a certified mama's boy. And this is the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. I don't really speak to him anymore. He's an asshole. Yep, those are the words that my ex-co-host used to describe me after I left. And I maybe when you hear the story, you might agree. Welcome to the Certified Mama's Boy Podcast. <laughs> this podcast kind of gets all over the place sometimes. Uh, my name is Steve Kramer, and I created this podcast because when I was going through my divorce, my mom used to send me these really motivational text messages. And every single morning, I'd wake up and I'd have one. And I posted one on social media one day and it went viral. And I was like, wow, it was really helping people. And I think the words my mom uses can change your life. They have for me, they can for you as well. And so I'm glad that you are here today. And we actually start with every single episode talking to her. So let's say hi to mom. Hi, mom. Hi, honey. Well, you've made some progress as a podcaster. And keep in mind, when my mom started this show, she had, did you ever listen to a podcast before in your life? (laughs) Did you really know what one was? Yes, I had listened to podcast before. Okay. Yes, but you never obviously no. But this is like your first experience in podcasting or even radio, or you don't have any type of really public speaking background. This is true. So you just found out, though. I think um, podcasting one hundred and one when it comes to your headphones, because I know you were having problems. Because keep in mind, I didn't set up any of this equipment for my mom. She had to do it all by herself, right? I live in California. Myself. And she lives in Georgia. And so she really, anything you hear technology wise, she's had to figure out herself. Even the fact that we can connect, you know, all the way across the country. Mm-hmm. So what was the, what's the, the big breakthrough you've made as a podcaster? Well, you know, I've worn my little Apple earbuds for um, quite a few years. And I used to get so agitated because they, they wouldn't stay in my ears. Mm-hmm. And then last week, as I was getting ready to put them on, I saw an L. A little bitty light L, and I was like, "Aha! If there's an L, I'll bet there's an R." <laughs> so, so you've been now, wearing them backwards. <laughs> I don't know. Probably sometimes. Probably the times they were falling out of my ears. Yeah. But is your left ear really different than your right ear? Well, it's just the way that it, uh, like, yeah, if you think of the way it has to go into your eardrum or into your ear hole, uh, it's going to be a different angle depending on which side it's on, you know? Really? I mean, obviously, as it falls out of your ear. <laughs> I think that says something that about it. It must be, be somewhat different. something is wrong, right? Yeah, yeah, for Sorry. sure. Sorry. I was thinking today, like, this is going to be the stories that we have to tell our grandkids or that generation of, cause I remember before my grandma died, I asked her about the great depression mm-hmm. and that seems so crazy to me that she like lived through that. And right. now we're living through this crazy ass virus. Yes. You know, and the, the years to come from this. Yes. Well, we're all living in our shanty towns and our little, you know, forts <laughs> that we have to build in the, you know, on the streets to stay I alive. Know. I, guess I know it's it is scary, and I, I my concern is I'm afraid that people are really going to get too lax too soon. Yeah, um, I know. You know, it is, I mean, people are yeah from all kind of things. From it's it's boring as shit. Number one, okay, let's yeah. just call it what it is. Yeah, it's boring. Yeah, and people, especially, I can't imagine having kids mm-hmm. and them just like going crazy all the time and you as a parent having mm-hmm. to do something about that. Mm-hmm. I wish that I had access to all my home movies because <laughs> I just go back and I watch the home movies and I just wonder how you made it through those years. Like I would just run around and scream for no reason. There'd be no reason at all. And, and you'd be so nice about it. You'd be like, okay, let's, let's like quiet down. I'd be like, Okay, that's all right. You were high energy. Yeah. That was okay. But I did I did tell my friend Ida one time, I was like, gosh, spending a day with Steven sometimes is like taking a vacuum and sucking every ounce of energy out of me <laughs> because he's so high strong. No. And it's so much. It's so much. Now imagine if you were locked in the house with me and we couldn't go anywhere, <laughs> you know? We would make it work. We would make yeah. it work. We I mean, we have to make it work, right? We didn't, we yeah. don't have much choice. And you know, the, the other thing sure. is, I mean, for parents, there are so many great things coming out online for kids to do. That's true. 
even so, though, I feel like kids still only watch Frozen. <laughs> there may be a hundred thousand different options for them to watch. Yes. Like we didn't have that luxury. We only had whatever select VHS or DVD when it was, right. you know, and right. most of the stuff that we had, we would record it off the TV. Um, you have to like fast forward through commercials or, you know, like pause it when, <laughs> when it went to commercial then unpause it when it went back. And we, had, we had the Disney channel, which was a premium mm-hmm. back in the day. I remember that wasn't that a premium that you had to pay extra for the Disney channel. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And so we would record movies. And the only movie I remember watching growing up was uh, the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie where they like went around the world. (laughs) Yeah. Remember that one? I feel like I must have watched that that like 500,000 times. (laughs) And I feel like that now kids have the luxury of literally watching any movie ever. Right. They can live at any time period. I mean, Disney Plus gives you every Disney movie ever created, you know? Absolutely. It is amazing. But they still only watch Frozen. Right. I wish I could talk to this younger generation right now and just say, listen, like you're living the best time ever to be alive. We had to struggle. Like, we literally had to struggle and watch the same recorded VHS over and over and over again. So take advantage of this, you know, really enjoy, Yeah, enjoy it. But you know, remember when your grandmother and probably we did the same thing, we would try to tell you things. She'd be like, eh, one of those old people know. No, no, no. I'm that old person trying to be like, well, back in my day, (laughs) (laughs) we used to have the VHS player. Another thing that I'm really enjoying right now is seeing the kindness of people. Yeah. I mean, people are really going out of their way to just be kind to each other, especially yeah. for all the frontline people. I mean, like your efforts to feed that third shift. And one of my favorite quotes from Mr. Rogers, and one that I would always use in radio, even in this podcast, right, is that, you know, at the end of every one, we're just literally looking for the good news to share because there is, there's plenty of it and you're getting all the bad news from other sources because that's what sells. And I hope that you realize that. I hope that you realize that that's what sells. It is a psychological condition that we use against you Mm -hmm. to make you tune in more often. And Mm -hmm. I am guilty of that. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many years that I've, that I've done that because it works. And I know that we've got to push you through commercials and I know that if we have something really terrible to tell you, you're going to stick through. There's a, a, a term in TV with if it uh, if it bleeds it leads mm-hmm. or they'll always put the first worst news at the beginning because that's what people are going because everyone's that psychological condition of like could this happen to me like could I need to be aware because if I'm aware of it then I can control it or I can know that it's coming and I can you know if I don't hear the story then what happens if it happens to me and my family and right. you know my dad falls in that trap all the time but there really is so much good stuff that happens in these situations yes. and so we try to use that especially with the podcast and even yes. on like um, during the morning show when I used to do morning shows mm-hmm. um, you got to find like good stories to share share as well mm-hmm. so um, Mr. Rogers has a great quote it said when I was a boy and I would be, I would see scary things in the news. My mother would say to me, look for the helpers. Mm. You always find people who are helping. Mm-hmm. And it's true. You right. always will. Absolutely. So, I love that. Yeah. Did you have a quote that you wanted to do for today? I did. Um, today, well, actually yesterday, I started reading again Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth, Awakening. Mm-hmm, which I never Earth. read before. What's, uh, like, what's the idea behind that book? Well, it's in the subtitle, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose. And, you know, we've talked about that. We talked about that last week, about what is your passion and what is your purpose in life. Um, It's really a wonderful book. I really, really commend it to you. It's terrific. It's terrific reading about just exactly what we're talking about, how we lose touch with ourselves because there are so many distractions. And how Mm -hmm. it's so important to get to know who we are truly meant to be. But the the last line of the book really struck me today because it applies so much to right now. And it says, a new species is arising on the planet. It is arising now. And you're it. Think about it. Think about it. This could be a turning point for the world to be kinder, gentler, 
loving our neighbors, finding our true purpose in life. We have time now to explore that. If you don't think you have time, find the time. Find just a few minutes every day to read something inspirational like this book or to listen to an inspirational podcast, to be still, to be quiet, to get centered and breathe and just know this will pass and that on the other side, we can come out better. Sadhguru says and we can come out just 10% better <laughs> than we were before Corona. We will have done a good service to the world. And I believe that just 10% stronger, 10% better um, by setting little small goals for ourselves every day to exercise a little more, to be kinder, to touch base with someone you haven't been in touch with for a while, to send someone a love note, to, you know, just to keep ourselves anchored um, during this time. I... I'm glad you said that because at first I was going to just, cause I'm trying to be as honest as possible. I don't think that this is going to completely change people's actions and behaviors. I don't, mm -hmm. I think that we are, have so much conditioning over so many years that one virus is not going to make us all just sit around and, kumbaya and hug each other and never fight and never have another war and oh my gosh we got through this and so everything's fine now mm -hmm. um but i do i do like the second quote about 10 percent better if there's mm -hmm. like one thing we take away from this i mean maybe maybe two maybe five things we take away from this <laughs> this is gonna be pretty crazy i'll settle for three I said, if, if every person can walk away being like wow i appreciate this more or i understand this better or i took time to do this and now mm -hmm. it's helping the, the world better you know um mm -hmm. Like even this podcast, like I never planned on doing a podcast with my mom. It was never in the works. Certainly wasn't in my retirement plan. <laughs> but then when I get when I get all the feedback from people being so excited about it, um, it's you know, or, or like just saying it was you, you felt less lonely or mm -hmm. whatever. Then it's like okay, well if if that's my one positive to come from me losing my job and maybe losing my house, losing everything, then I guess that's at least. Um, at least a little bit of a positive, right? There's got to be something to come from all this craziness. But remember, separate the material things from the things that matter. I'm mm -hmm. struggling with that part of like, uh, we can get, we'll get into that in a later podcast. Um, okay. okay. We got to get to your movie review. Uh, oh boy. So <laughs> I didn't really know what movie to give her. And if you have a movie that you want her to watch and give her a review on, or one you think would be funny or one that you think that she should watch, mm. you can always uh, call 888-Kramer8, K-R-A-M-E-R. Or you can send me a DM on Instagram. I am that guy Kramer. Or on Facebook, I am Steve Kramer. This, I was just kind of really quickly looking for, through movies. And I was like, well, why don't I have my mom review the a number one movie of the year last year, the Academy award winning movie of the year for best picture, which is parasite. Mm -hmm. And I know that's probably, I've honestly, it, I fell asleep in it and which is a reoccurring oh, theme here. I know I, I don't actually, because uh, of the closed captioning it. probably it's just, yeah, it's just a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you want to give the quick synopsis of what the movie is about? Basically, the, the title of it, Parasite, it's about a parasitic relationship between the rich and the poor. That's mm -hmm. really what it boils down to. And it's amazing because in the end, they both lost. They both See, lost. I didn't I didn't get to the I get to the very I woke up and it was like the very end. But basically it's about like this poor family that lies to this rich family about all of these like roles that they're able to fill. Yes. Um, you know, like, uh, what the, the guy goes in first is, is he the, um, he's an English tutor. He's a tutor. tutor right. And then, right. and then she comes in as like, he's like, oh, she's looking for somebody else to fill another role in the house. And he's like, oh, I got this other girl, but it's actually his sister. And so the whole family eventually starts to work for this family as these roles they've never actually <laughs> been before. Right. You know? Or are qualified for. Right. They're right. all unqualified, yeah. but they scam them into believing that they are qualified, and so right. they invite them in. And one of the um, interesting uh, things that Mrs. Park said when talking about 
hiring another, yet another family member who she did not know was another family member, but was going on the recommendation of someone else, where she said, no, I don't need to check them out. I prefer the belt of trust. (laughs) Yeah. The belt of trust. So they didn't check out any of these people. And of course, if they had, (laughs) they would have known that none of them None of them were capable of doing the jobs that they were given. Right. Um, so so it gets really horrifying in the end. And you know, I hate blood and gore and all that, but it's an amazing movie. I mean, it is so well done. Okay. So we asked my mom to give a heart system, like instead of stars, she uses hearts. So out of five hearts, what do you give it for mom's movie review, the movie Parasite? I'm giving it a five just because it's so amazing and intriguing. Well, keep in mind, my mom gave uh, Tiger King a one heart. (laughs) Now it's nationally acclaimed as the best thing ever. (laughs) I get it. Well, my worldview is a little distorted from the mainstream. You You know that. You did good. Okay. I love you. Love you forever. And I love you too. I have so much appreciation in my heart as of Friday night. Well, I mean, I have. We're episode, what, 21 right now? I appreciate you being here, but I appreciate the very first project that we're able to pull off as a podcast. In case you've never joined the show before, I used to be on a big radio station in San Diego and I got fired and I was kind of worried like, oh no, like, am I going to be able to do good for the community anymore if I don't have a way to you know, get the, get the old gang together, me and you and and the rest of the listeners. And we did within the very first week of launching this podcast, I asked the question, can we raise money for the third shifters to give them a really special dinner? The people that are working overnights at the hospitals, because we heard that there were a lot of people that drop off donations for the daytime workers, but not the overnight guys. So we got together and I said, listen, just Venmo me money. I don't have another way to collect money. So just Venmo me money and I will make sure it goes to uh, feeding our third shifters. And you trusted me and you did. And we raised over $6,000 to be able to do it. So two grand of that money went towards a really special dinner on Friday night for our friends over at Sharp, uh, Sharp Chula Vista, people working overnight shift, and they had a really special dinner uh, from Lolita's Taco Shop, which is in Chula Vista as well. So we supported a local uh, company, restaurant, with $2,000 worth of food, and then we fed 230 overnight employees, and they just want to show their appreciation for you. Thank you for your donations. donations. Thank you, Kramer and listeners. Thank you. Thank you. I always feel awkward when people that are doing the good say thank yous. Like, no, thank you. Like, you're doing the work. It's the least that we could do as a podcast to support you guys. So, hey, thank you, Third Shifters. Thank you, Sharp Chula Vista, for help putting this together. And we've got another one. We got two more big dinners to put on. So, uh, hopefully, this week I'll have more news on the one for that we're going to do for Scripps Hillcrest uh, over here in San Diego. Okay. Um, so, I'm going to explain this to you and make this really blunt. I don't know if blunt's the right word. That's not that's going to be rude. Very authentic and open with you is that in the next couple of weeks or maybe even today, we're going to start adding commercials to this podcast. And that's kind of to pay for the operational cost of this thing. Um, I don't I don't think I'm going to really make any money. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so. What we're going to do is we're going to have a couple of minutes of commercials on each podcast. And I hope that you can support that and listen to these advertisements. And, uh, you know, if it's something that you're in the market for, then you can go check out. And I would really appreciate that. The really awkward part, though, is those commercials may not be in yet. So if I throw it to commercials right here and I'm like, hey, we'll be right back, everybody. And then we're literally right back. Then just know the commercials were not in there. Okay. I hope you guys like how awkward, like, it's awkwardly honest. I think that should be the tagline. Instead of live, laugh, love your mom, it should be awkwardly honest. Okay. Remember, my baby boy has to eat, so take a few minutes to listen to our fine advertisers. He's an asshole. (laughs) Sometimes it's kind of fun to be on a podcast because I can say things like asshole, so... Yeah, that's the way that apparently my old co-host in Phoenix described me. Her name is Nina D. And on Mondays, we do a segment called Kramer's... No, no, we don't. It's called Monday Cheesemake. Can't be called the other thing. 
That's not allowed anymore. Um, so we call it Monday Cheese May. And what it is, is I promised you with one, you know, there's a lot of missions we had with this podcast. One was to spread positivity and uh, do good things for the community. But another one was to be able to tell you stories that I was never able to tell because I was restrained on the radio. And so I want to be able to tell you and be like open and authentic with you with everything that I say. So uh, joining me for Monday Cheese May is our guest from episode number 20, number 20. This is Hula, who is a very popular radio DJ here in San Diego, got let go around the same time I did. So now he's hopping on the podcast every now and then. And it's almost like you never, you never even left. (laughs) I know, right? Like the magic of (laughs) podcasting. It's a beautiful thing. So when we left off, we were talking about my old co-host and how, when I came to San Diego, she reached out to Hula over Twitter I, to say, "Hey, you need to know more about this guy. He's an asshole." And like, she, do you want to remember exactly what she said? Yeah, I, she. Yeah, he. You were a jerk. You. You basically didn't get along with her, and you were get, wanting to get out of that station anyways. You didn't like it there, and so you pretty much were just underlyingly trying to get out of the, the thing. And I was like, Oh, should I be telling this to Gina? Like, should this is something I need to warn her about? Cause Gina and I are, are you know, we're, we're really close at, at that point, especially since like I mentioned on Friday, she was in my wedding. So right. we're, we were and super you're such close. a gossiper like I am. That would kill oh, you. I There's no the way you can tell her. <laughs> oh, I love the cheese man. Come on. Of course. Okay. So here's the full story with what happened with, with Nina and I. So, Nina and I were never super close. Uh, we weren't, I mean, I mean, to be honest, I've never been like super close with any of my co-hosts. Um, Wait, how long did you guys work together? For two years. Okay. Okay. Um, but she, um, uh, here's, oh man, cause I want to be respectful. I don't want to be disrespectful, but I, she Ooh, let it out. She was a very emotional person, and at the time, she was going through a very rocky point in her relationship. So really what happened, and I'll tell you the, the full story behind this, because I'm pretty sure, yeah, I mean, it was it was public. So Nina was doing, I think, the afternoon show on Camel 1079, mm-hmm. and that's over in Phoenix. And she and the morning show guy, Brad Booker, started hooking up. Oh. And I think, yeah, oh, yeah. And wow. I, I think it was like a, a, a known, it was a known relationship. I think it was. Now, I'm not maybe there. breaking news. I think it was. Okay. I don't remember 100% that they were open about it, but I th- I'm pretty sure that everybody knew this. This wasn't like top secret, right? Um, so when I came in, so now keep in mind, she's dating the morning show guy. I get a call from uh, the program director in Phoenix. Like, hey, I, I like your stuff and I want to team you up with my afternoon girl. Uh, here's a slight problem is she is hooking up with the morning show guy that I'm about to fire. <laughs> <laughs> radio is so fucked up oh my god it's insane uh so at this point i'm like oh that made me kind of nervous i keep in mind i took the phoenix job without even meeting nina i was out of work and so desperate that i was like whatever i just need to take this and figure it out mm-hmm. so when i get to phoenix you have to understand that like it's a pretty shaken up kind of situation. They just fired this other morning show guy that the afternoon girl who they're not, Nina, who they're teaming up with me was dating. Um, but they may have, they, I don't know if they had broken up. I think they, maybe they had just broken up like right before he got let go, like days before he got let go. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I mean, Nina and I, honestly, we didn't have a bad relationship while I was there. I all, I never built, trust with her um and she was like the golden child of that radio cluster and so she i always felt like she would throw me under the bus to make herself look better like i remember specifically we we would like talk about something as like a group and then we'd walk into our boss's office and then she would say something completely different than she said and like throw me under the bus uh, um, I mean, it didn't, ha- it didn't happen all the time, but it was, it happened enough to where I always felt a little 
uncomfortable, like never safe, never feeling like she had my back if something were to go down. And you know, like anything, like Gina and I always had each other's back. Like no matter right. what, we would be right. like, you know, if, if shit went down, that it was my fault, she had my back. If, I, if shit right. went down, that it was her fault, I'd have her back. It was just like, you have to have that when you're doing a live talk show, unscripted right. talk show, right? Right, you have to. So here's here's how the story ended over in Phoenix, is that I just, I wasn't happy. Um, mm-hmm. Between not really feeling like I was getting enough from her, like not feeling safe with her, mm-hmm. and also not feeling like I uh creatively could do enough because uh my boss at the time we just we had differences of what the show should look like and we couldn't quite figure out like what it should be and one week we'd be this and one week we'd be that and um so I I just wasn't happy and they came to me and they said hey uh this is contract negotiations now and they said um oh, no, no let me let me back that up so I knew my contract's coming up right and I'm right. not happy and I'm like, well, if I can make like a lot of money, then maybe it's worth it, right? <laughs> to like stick it out. Because honestly, I, you know, I'd been out of work for so long that I really wanted to give a place like at least five years so that I could like show some rating success, right? And we had been right. kind of like, meh, flopping around. We'd be top five a little bit, top 10, but nothing that was like, you know, so great. So I'm like, I still need some more time here to really make my mark. Right. And so, I, in my head, I was like, I don't want to stay, but if I make a lot of money, maybe I will. And they came back when my my contract was up and their first negotiation was, well, we will give you a one year extension and no raise. And I know basically what that means is that in nine months, I've got to go back into contract negotiations again, which are just never fun. It sucks, right? Usually like a two, three, four, five year deal. Right. Uh, with this one, it was, it was like, I, I just didn't, I wasn't happy and I wasn't going to get what I wanted to like stay. So I was very clear with them that, um, when I walked away from that place, I, uh, I, I literally went home one night and I said, I'm not going to resign. I'm not going to do it. And I'm just going to trust the universe has a plan for me. And I walked back in the next day and I said, all right guys. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to choose not to sign, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not also planning on leaving immediately. Like I just want to, like if, if I'm not going to get any raise in money, there's no point in me signing a contract, right? There's that right. just kind of locks me down and I'd rather work as like an open agent so that if something does exciting pop up, I want to leave that option available and right. I can still be here for another two, three, four, five years just working without a contract. Right. Um, now you can imagine they weren't very happy about that. Of course <laughs> but, not. Um, I, I just knew it wasn't where I needed to be at the time. We came to the agreement that if I decided to leave, that I would give them a 30 days notice. And if they decided they wanted to get rid of me, then they just give me a 30 days notice. And that was going to be it. Right. Right. Fair enough. So literally right when that went into place, I actually had flown out, um, to, I was up for three jobs that time. I was up for a job in St. Louis a job in Atlanta and the job in San Diego. And I, I didn't tell them any of this because you know how it goes. I didn't know if I was going to be there for another year, another month, another day. Right. I just knew that like, I'm not going to, every time I go to a, to a job interview, because I don't know if I'm going to like the job. I don't know if, they're going to like me. I don't know if it's going to work out financially or contractually. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do was to keep that show on the rails because as long as I was there, I was still going to be full steam ahead. Right. Right. And they, they all knew this. They all, the, every single person, Nina included knew that was what the agreement was going to be. So nothing, hidden, nothing behind the scenes, nothing hidden except for that. I was going to job interviews. Okay. Okay. And so it actually happened quit pretty quick that channel nine, three, three popped up. Right. It was right. It, my contract was, it was literally o- almost overlapping a little bit, but just by a little bit. So uh, I flew out there. It was Halloween of that year. And my contract was up on mm, like early November. Right. So, I mean, I still had time left on my, on my deal. Um, so when I, 
it was it was a quick it was like a quick exchange too. Like once I came in, I got the job really quick. We got the deal signed, and um, I remember when I got the call from my agent saying that you got the job. I was actually with my producer at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why Nina wasn't with us, but we had gone to do something by ourselves, and um, and so I told him first, and. I remember that I had to, because Channel 93 is like, like, we need you now. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I like I told them I'm going to give them 30 days notice. And so I knew that I had to basically go in the next day and be like, all right, guys, I got to put my 30 days in. Oh, that's so, the worst. I mean, t- really. So I, what made it even more awkward was, uh, well, let me tell you this part first. So the next day I walk in and the, we did the show. And once it was over, I think it was a Friday. It was a Friday. Uh, once it was over, I, uh, I, I look at Nina and I'm like, Hey, I need to talk to you about something. And she was like, what's going on? And I'm like, I, I, I took a job over in San Diego and I'm still, you know, I'm still gonna be here for 30 days. Um, so, you know, everything's cool and whatever. And she was like, Oh my God, I'm so happy for you. Like she was like literally to my face. She's like, I'm so happy for you. That's great. I know they'll probably be a better fit for you. Cause it's top 40 and blah, 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 blah. Like genuinely happy to my face. Right. And then I, um, and I, and I, I thought things were going to be fine, but I knew I had to tell my boss obviously too, but he was at a fucking funeral. Now, okay, he was gone. He was on. I was back in Chicago at a funeral. Now, but keep in mind, I had to give him thirty days notice, and I couldn't wait any more time. So, on a trip while he's on a trip for a funeral, I had to call him. Like, man, this is such un- terrible timing, uh, and I hate to do this. I really hate to do this. I called him. He doesn't answer. That's what happened. My uh-huh. agent then calls him. He doesn't answer. My agent leaves a message. He calls my agent back first. Uh-huh. And then my agent calls me and says, you're fired. So <gasps> they actually, yeah, they fired me. Well, you know, they were just like, they decided at that point not to honor their 30 days they were going to give me. Right. Um, right. So it, I, me leaving Phoenix was not well received by them at all. Um, they were very catty about it. They were not happy. Um, I, and I walk away from that place not having a sense of guilt because I did exactly what I was going to do. And I was going to do what's best for my career. And I understand that it kind of put that station in turmoil after that. But it, like, I can't sit here and worry about the well being of Nina D over right. my life and my career, right? Right, in your, in your happiness, because you clearly were not happy at that stage. Right, right, exactly. So, and eventually that's uh, going to, you can hear that on the air eventually. Sure. So I, you know, I talked to Nina a couple of times, and then I found out that that Monday they had a staff meeting, and they were all talking shit about me. A guy that I worked with, the afternoon guy, was like, hey man, I got to tell you, like, they're all talking shit like that. You abandoned this place and that you're a quitter and like all this terrible stuff that like to my face, Nina was so nice, but then right. behind my back, she was saying so much shit. And that, so I, at that point was like, okay, what I, you know, I wanted to call her and be like, are we cool? But at that point realized that what good is going to come from, I was just like, okay, I just got to wash my hands of that situation. That was until I get over here mm-hmm. and Nina, uh, and then Gina, my co-host in San Diego, right. was like, hey, so Nina reached out to Hula and was saying all kind of terrible shit about you. And I was <laughs> like, that's, that is so fucked up. Like, that is such a fucked up situation to me that right. there was, I mean, and, and I'm telling you, and she may have a totally different version of the story that I was missing. I, I promise you, because when I left my show in Tampa and we disbanded, we did not have, I was a real dick at times. And so I worked really hard to keep the, um, the camaraderie with mm-hmm. our team mm-hmm. as high as humanly possible. And I think that's honestly was one of my demises was I was almost too nice. I didn't stand up for myself at all. Oh, and I, I, because I just wanted everybody to be happy. Right. right I was right, like, right. well, if everyone can just be happy all the time, then it'll be fine because my be other co host did not 
really love me at points. And so I was like, I need to really work on that. I need something as a, a growth point that I can have. But I feel like I took it too far and was just too nice. A few more Nina stories really quick. A month or two after I got let go was when the whole Kelly Ripa, Michael Strahan. Yep. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, you know, took another job or he went to, to Good Morning America and Kelly was like, I had no idea that it was coming. And Nina put this long post on Instagram <laughs> yep. about like, I can totally relate to what it feels like when a person just walks out of your life with no word. Of- you guys, I literally told them that's exactly what I was going to do word for word. Like I just didn't <laughs> tell them every job interview that I went on because I thought that would be highly inappropriate. Right. Um, but I can tell you my, my favorite Nina D story since I left was where you may have been there. Were you at Disneyland when her and I ran into each other? I probably, it sounds familiar to me. Yes. I think I was. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I, we hadn't talked since then and we both found out, I found out once I got to, uh, Disneyland that, that we were both going to be doing these radio broadcasts because what Disney does, they bring in like a bunch of radio stations all in the same day. Right. And I find out that my old co-host Nina was going to be there. And so we actually turned it into a bit on the air. Like, should I go talk to her and like either confront her or like apologize or like trying to find out what happened or do I not? And we like played it out throughout the morning. Right. Uh-huh. Um, so what eventually happened was I, uh, walked, I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I wasn't going to make it as awkward as just walking right up to her. So what I did was I walked up to like the promotions director for the station and I started talking to her. And the second that I, walked over there <laughs> nina started walking away and so i didn't want to like lose the opportunity because we already kind of set the bit up on the air and i'm like nina hi and then she doesn't even turn around and look at me wow. like and i know she heard me and right? i think she actually went over to go talk to gina at that point <laughs> <laughs> you should have ran over to the back to the station uh, it was so uncomfortably awkward so to answer the question of why does nina not like me I, I cannot tell you, I, I don't know. Um, that's as honest to God of a truth that I can give you. All I can tell you is you've also seen, if you live in Phoenix, you've also seen the rotation of co-host with her. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at that. I was always trying to be nice. (laughs) I, you know, I was always trying to be nice to her. I never wanted things to be bad, but the second she reached out to you, I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. Like I, th- I, I was so disrespected in that moment that I was like, I don't, I just, it was such a bridge burning moment, you know? Right. Because she doesn't know she, we don't know you. And so this is the first time yeah. we're yeah. hearing about who the heck Kramer is. I mean, granted, Gina got to meet you, and obviously that worked out. But um, yeah, as far as I knew, thinking you were coming to channel and going, well, there's going to be some asshole over there. So cool. It's going to be great for us. <laughs> you know, like, little right. did I know the station was going to implode. But yeah, it's... I mean, it, I am, I'm, I'm genuinely a nice person. You are a nice person. From what I know you here in San Diego... And allowing you to share the story about you saying that you were pretty much an asshole at the Tampa station and trying to be nice and then being right. the way you are in, in Arizona. I don't see that side of you. I don't know that person. I, I, all I know I, is the person I, I, from what I knew you were well-loved at channel. I mean, everybody I talked to about you when, when you, you got laid off, basically everybody was like, Oh my gosh, Kramer got laid off. Out of everybody in the building, you were the first person. Everybody was like, "No way!" What? What? Right. Like most shocked was you, right? So, and right. I thought, well, he was beloved, and and from what I know, I you're mean, such I, a nice guy. Well, you tell me this because okay. I think that people that work with me sometimes, I do, I I can be. I can be short sometimes. I mean, if I'm, you know, there, I'm sure there's plenty of stories that you could talk to my old producer, Chris about where I just, I like things a certain way and I expect, I just expect excellence out of everybody. And I expect like people to work hard. And if they don't, 
I can get kind of frustrated. Makes sense. Um, but you, I mean, was that the same relationship that you had with AJ? I mean, were there times where he would lose his cool or get frustrated or, because I feel like. You fit the mold. You fit the radio. (laughs) Honestly, that is exactly how it was with AJ and I, but as a producer or people who are, you know, your co-host, I mean, granted when you put three, four people together in a room and they don't know anything about each other and they're getting to know about each other through this radio morning show that we do, you know, that's when you decide, well, is it worth my time to get to know this person and to deal with their quirks? Everybody in radio, regardless, I don't care who is talking. Everybody in radio has a crazy. We all have crazies. (laughs) The whole thing about it is, is how much are we going to deal with the other people's crazy? AJ would be uh, (laughs) on the air. You may not hear it, but he would be pissed at times and he would give us that look. And since it's radio, you can't see the look and you're like, oh shit, I did something wrong or I said the wrong thing and you would just know it. And then you'd literally get off the air and you would talk to the other, you know, I'd talk to Tanya and Dorothy and be like, I didn't do anything. Like, what, why is he pissed now? You know what I mean? So we all have that. And, and hearing Stephanie's podcast with you, you know, she puts you in the top three of uh, the hardest yeah, people third, to work for. Third craziness. Yeah, but that's, that's right. That's but a- that's great because of the fact that that meant you work together as a great team because people who you like were too much, like not too hard to work with it. Those teams never stayed together very long. That's how sure. I feel it. You know, you have sure. to deal with no, everybody's 100%. crazy. You have to deal with everybody's so- Everybody's got crazy. On uh, an episode I did about what happened with DJ Ceres, I said that Ceres doesn't doesn't answer my text anymore. Right, and I don't understand fully what happened there, other than he was my right hand man, and he wouldn't like it if I had to tell him to go do something. Right, he wouldn't right. like it if I was like, "Hey, like, like, what the dude? What the fuck? Come on, you know." Right, right. Do you have that same experience? Because the question that I left on that podcast was, "Do people change once?" you leave because I even experienced that some with channel, like people that I thought had my back the second and then like to my face, you know, love you, got you. And then the second I walk out that door, peace, they're talking shit. You know, I think because a lot of times with what we do in the business, you definitely, when you get laid off, I feel like that's when you see who your real friends are. Like when I got laid off the first time, you were the first person to reach out to me. I don't know if you know that. And I was, I was, yeah, you were the, you took me out to lunch and we had sushi over there in Mira Mesa. Yeah, right. And I was like, oh yeah. shit. Like who, who is this guy? Well, no, Sam Bass was one of the first people I take that back. People change, unfortunately in this business. And right. you, you see, like I still, to this day, talk to Sarah and yeah. Sarah and I like, you know, here and there, just keep in touch. I mean, obviously with COVID, yeah. it's a totally different situation with AJ. In case I you don't talked- know, uh, Wait, really quick. So Sarah was um, was on the show with Hula last. In case right. you don't know what the, the story. Right. Yes. So Sarah was there. And then AJ was the the lead of the show. Right. Who I worked with for 19 years. Um, I haven't talked to him since two weeks after we got laid off. What do you what do you equate that to? <sighs> Honestly, I think the last time we spoke, it was the moment where we were like almost saying our goodbyes to each other. Like I told him, look, dude, whatever happens, whether this new, cause for those that don't know, there's a new radio station in San Diego that just flipped. Um, right. if, if this job opportunity doesn't work out, I told him it was such an amazing time to work with you. We had it like, I cried. We, we literally, right. I literally said my goodbye and my thank yous to him. And he did the same thing to me. And so I, I just feel like maybe, I don't know. I don't know what to attribute us not talking to each other. Maybe we talked, so we were around each other's lives for so long that it was almost like a breakup. Like, I don't know. You know, I, I, I try to reach out. We try to reach out, but it, I, I don't hold any animosity towards him. I don't hate him. Um, I right. love him, but I just don't. I mean, I, I can't say that I don't have the time because we're all at home. I think it's one of those things when it's, we're all evolving. I mean, it happens. I mean, if you think about it, you have best friends when you're in elementary school, then you go to middle school and you don't talk to them anymore. Then you go to high school and you don't talk to those middle school people anymore. You leave high school and you don't talk to those people. So I think it's one of those things where 
at that moment in time when you had the common thread of a radio show or or in college, you make the most of who the people are there. You, you definitely become close with certain people. Um, but at the end of the day, when that thread is gone, you then see the true person, you know, you, you see what really you have in common. I mean, like you said, you and I met, we, we talk, we're, we're, we have become friends, you know, um, and I consider you one of my, you know, good friends and, but, but we're not in each other's lives all the time. But when we do get together, it's like we never left. So I feel like, you know, it's just whatever is happening with anybody's lives. That's where the, the, you form your friends. And it's not like, you know, friends last forever. I mean, they, they, you move, you move on and you evolve and yeah, things change, you know? So I think that's kind of the best way I can explain it. Well, later on this week, uh, we're going to have a, that guy Kramer reunion show, which I hope is fun for you guys. Um, it's my very first radio show getting back together and they may think I'm an asshole too. I don't know. Right now I'm, I'm two for two of asshole. <laughs> Um, listen, dude, I know I've taken way too much of your time now. This guy is amazing. He's meant so much to so many people in San Diego. Really bright, positive guy. I'd love to bring you back on more often to come uh, come share some positivity during these crazy times. You guys can follow him at Hula SD on TikTok and on uh, Instagram, Hula SD. And uh, I just, I appreciate you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I appreciate you. I love you. And yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying listening to you. So you kind of heard the whole cheese may for today. I would love it if you could call me 888 Kramer 8 888 Kramer 8 and let me know like am I an asshole? Oh, man. Okay, so before we get to the coronavirus good news and the made me laugh for today, I want to see if you can do me a really big favor because by the end of this week, the show is going to be completely different or could be depending on you. So I told you that I was going to do this podcast every single day for a month and our month is going to end on Wednesday and I need to know where to go with this. Um, I don't know if I'm still going to produce these shows every single day for you. So I really need to know your preferences. Like some of you guys, if you're one of those people that's like, yeah, I listen every day and I want to keep listening every day, I need you to take the survey. If you like the show and you want to only hear it a couple times a week because I can't really keep up with it that much and I feel like overwhelmed because some people say, I'm on episode eight. I'm like, well, we're on 21. So it's going to take you a long time to catch up with all these stories and stuff. Um, if you like certain segments, I need to know that there's just a lot of things that we need to do to kind of catch up on where we are after the one month. So if you could do me a massive favor and go to survey.certifiedmamasboy.com, survey.certifiedmamasboy.com, um, if you do it right now. I would really appreciate that because it's going to like kind of mold the next chapter of this. And really quick too, thank you for every single person that shared the podcast last week. We did see the numbers go up and that's, that's awesome. Like the bigger we can make this thing, the, the better. If you are new to this podcast, at the end of the day, I always try to give you the good news coming from the coronavirus. Like we said, right? Look for the helpers, look for the good news and, I don't want to just overwhelm you with the bad news. Some of these are super cute today, too. There's an 89-year-old grandmother who lives alone in Chicago and has been cooped up all day, of course, with, like, nothing to do uh, except for her and her sewing machine. So when the world was put on lockdown, the first thing that Grandma Terry did was she grabbed some fabric and she started to sew a single mask for every member, 50 members of her family and her friends, and she mailed them all over the place, Chicago, Wisconsin, here, even here in California. And each one was, like, personalized. It's like if you were in Chicago, maybe they had the Cubs here in California. I don't know. Maybe it was marijuana leaves. <laughs> um, so that was really cool, right? And what she does is she sits there. What makes this really cute, and I'll share the video over in the show notes, is she just listens to the Beatles the whole entire time. So go give Grandma Terry a, uh, a view on her video. And when we're out that she was like working so hard, her Red Hat Club, you guys know those are like the older people that uh, like it's like old grandma group pretty much. And they join her this nursing home she lives at and she now they've made over 600 masks together just sitting around listening to the Beatles. I think it's cute. And they're now using dogs over in England to sniff out COVID-19. There's this medical charity and they've been successful in treating dogs how to detect malaria 
what they're trying to figure out is do, do you have a certain body smell, body odor, if you get COVID-19 like you do apparently like dogs can smell the malaria. So they said the aim is that all dogs are to be able to screen anyone including those who are asymptomatic, tell us if it needed to be tested. This would be fast, effective, and non-invasive, and make sure that the limits of the NHS, of course, that's over in London, uh, testing resources are only used when they are really needed, which I think that's really, really, really cool. How man's best friend could become man's bester, bester friend, bester friend. And at the end of the show, I leave you with a segment called Made Me Laugh, and I think, I, I hope this is not just for me. Um, I don't know. You can be honest, this made you laugh or not. It's very... Steve Yancey, Steve Kramer centric. Um, I, I found this video and it's called radio stations in 20 years. Now it's no surprise that radio has been really, really struggling in the last couple of years. Right. And this is this guy's prediction, Gus Johnson's prediction of what it may sound like when you tune into the radio and it's being, since you can't see it, he's actually doing it from his house. <laughs> Welcome back to 104.1. All right, everybody, welcome back from the break. I just want to give a special shout out to all of our listeners at home, especially Robbie, Sandra, and Lewis. Uh, those are our uh, only three listeners. <clears throat> all right, everybody, I know that times are tough and the budget is a little bit tight, but uh, don't you worry because we've got plenty of uh, royalty-free rock music volume 27 coming your way over the airwaves. We just want to remind our listeners that the phone lines are open, so call into the studio and tell us your craziest Friday night party story or uh, even just like a regular story or really uh, anything uh, we have not had many phone calls this decade so all right that was elevator by kevin macleod up next we've got to, uh, hold on one second sorry kids hey get out of dad's studio what did i say about coming in dad's studio when he's recording don't s richard don't say that no this is not stupid people need music to listen to you FM radio is not dead. Hey, what are you listening to? Is that Spotify? Oh, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> Sorry, folks, a little trouble on the home front. Again, the phone lines are open. Don't get me wrong, man, I love radio. I do, but it's, uh, you gotta laugh at it, too. You gotta laugh, you gotta laugh, you gotta laugh. Okay, thank you, I'm, 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 <laughs> we're done. When I start singing, we're done. Thank you so much. Please go take the survey, survey.certifiedmamasboy.com. That's going to be the link down there. Um, and you know what we need to is we need more phone calls. We need you guys to call more. I know you're stuck at home, but I need to hear from you because I, I what, personally, my favorite part of the show when I listen back is this part at the very end where like you're, you come to life. You give your shout outs. You say hi. Uh, you can shout out your, if you want to spend your time promoting your business or whatever, that'd be cool too. Like, Call the number 888-Kramer8, and let's get you here on the tail end of the podcast, okay? If you want to comment on any of the segments, 888-Kramer8, 888-Kramer8. I will see you back here tomorrow. Come on back, everybody. Okay, bye. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks for listening to my son's podcast, Certified Mama's Boy. Be sure to review and subscribe and tell your friends. Love you forever.